I'm feeling a little bit guilty because I think I'm depriving you of Deacon Robert's last homily. So you'll have to come back when he's a priest to hear him again. I was intrigued always to see the way in which people respond to Father Hoffman's voice. I was listening to the announcements before Mass, and there's a gentleness in that voice that always causes people to have their ears perk up, and they they listen to what Father says because he has that voice. Now, I've, I've come to know that virtually all of my priests used to imitate Archbishop Flynn, but I think after the number who imitate Archbishop Flynn, and your pastor was one of the good Archbishop Flynn imitators too. (laughs) But after Archbishop Flynn, I think Father Hoffman is the most imitated voice in our archdiocese, right? (laughs) And it's because so many of us have heard the voice of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, in the voice of your pastor. So I'm a little bit intimidated to have to preach before him this day knowing that he has that great voice, and even more so that great heart that's like that of the Good Shepherd. We hear today, and and every year on this fourth Sunday of Easter, we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday. And it's a, a time for us to be really conscious of how much our God loves us. And it's celebrated in the course of the Easter season to remind us that what Jesus did for us on Good Friday and Easter, that that whole experience of giving his life over completely to us, has to be seen in the optic of Jesus being that good shepherd who wants to lead us to everlasting life. If you listen carefully to the prayers today, that's what you'll be hearing about. Jesus, the good shepherd, through his death and resurrection, is taking us to that eternal pasture. It's his desire. He acted on the cross out of love, that love that a good shepherd has for his flock. We'll hear in the prayers a a couple of different adjectives. Besides good shepherd, we'll, we'll hear that the good shepherd is brave, and we'll hear that he's gentle and kind. They're all attributes that we have to always remember about Jesus. Many of you know that I lived for many years in Rome, and often when people would come to visit, we would go to the catacombs. And my favorite set of catacombs, you have many different choices, were the catacombs of St. Priscilla, out of the city a little bit, as as they had to be. But when you go there, what intrigued me were two things. One, there was a sister who was shorter than I am who led the tour. And she spent virtually her whole life underground. So she looked a little bit like somebody from Star Wars. Her skin was green. And she had a big stick. And it should be pointing to these uh, beautiful frescoes, you know, that were almost uh, 1,900 years old, if not more than that. And she would be pointing and saying, this is the oldest Madonna in the world. Crack. You were always worried. But in that beautiful catacomb uh, system, There's an image of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. It's famous. You can look it up, even during my homily, you can look it up on your phone. (laughs) It's, It's that beautiful in the catacombs of Priscilla. But it's the Good Shepherd carrying the sheep on his shoulders. We all know that story of Jesus, that brave and gentle and kind shepherd who would go out not only in search of lost sheep, 
but those sheep who were threatened in any way. I have that thought in my mind that for those people in early Rome at the time that those uh, frescoes would have been painted of the Good Shepherd were people who were facing great persecution, where the, the faith wasn't allowed to be acknowledged publicly. But it was in the midst of that situation, as Christians were being put to death, that that image of Jesus the Good Shepherd would have been so important to them. Jesus, that shepherd who never leaves his sheep behind. Even as they face all kinds of challenges, he's there to be with them, to walk with them. We continue to need those reminders of Jesus' presence as the Good Shepherd. And today I have the opportunity to do that a little bit as the billboard. Because even in the very things that an archbishop is asked to wear, it's to remind not only me, but all of you of the fact that we have Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who loves us so deeply. So any bishop is always supposed to carry this uh, uh, pastoral staff, the crozier. And you'll notice it's the staff of a shepherd. If you look at mine, you'll see there's Jesus, the Good Shepherd, in the very crook. Now, I know some of our young people say, Bishop, those look more like little llamas than they do like sheep. They have kind of long necks. Huh? But it's Je- you never hear of Jesus the good llama keeper. Never. Huh? It's Jesus the good shepherd. And it's, but it's a reminder, not just for me, but for all of you, for the whole archdiocese, that we have a God who desires to be that good shepherd for us. And then the archbishop in particular has to wear this thing called a pallium. It's made out of wool. It's a wool of a sheep, of a little lamb. If you're ever in Rome on the feast of St. Agnes, there's a beautiful celebration at the church that's built where St. Agnes was, uh, was buried in the early church. And they bring in these two sheep, little sheep, little lambs, all kinds of flowers in their hair, quite beautiful. They're so peaceful when they're coming in because they're drugged. <laughs> By the time they come out of Mass and the drugs have worn off, they're two very different sheep. But there's a limousine that's waiting for those two little sheep. And as they come out of Mass, they're whisked away to go to the Pope. And the Pope then blesses them. And he sends them off to these sisters at the church of St. Cecilia in Trastevere, where they fatten them up. They let them grow. And then they use their wool to make these pallia. It's that idea that this wool is supposed to remind you of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Can you see this as the hoof of a sheep? This little black part that makes no other sense. That's what it is. It's the hoof. Imagine that I would be carrying a sheep. That's one of the most famous photos of Pope Francis is carrying a sheep. But it's to remind all of us that we, even in troubling times, even when there's war in our world, even when there's a pandemic, even though when people are concerned about the vast number of people who have been forced to leave their homes and face all kinds of natural disasters, that Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is always present to us, leading us to that eternal pasture. We're always blessed that he gives to us shepherds who help us along the way, like your pastor, Father Hoffman, that you're able to hear in his voice that voice of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. 
significant this year that we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday also on Mother's Day. One of the things that always amazed me, and I have um, two brothers who have little kids, and I remember would have these giant birthday gatherings, all of these kids, kids everywhere. And when one would start to cry, the right mother would always know it was their child. <laughs> Somehow or another, there's that bond where you're able to recognize the voice <laughs> because of love, not just because of nature, but because of love. <laughs> God gives to us the great gift of conscience, which St. John Henry Newman tells us is the voice of God within us. And he helps us then to recognize what's truly the voice of the Good Shepherd. We're blessed to have those reminders constantly. We're blessed to have good shepherds who are able to feed us with the Eucharist as a good shepherd would feed his flock. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, we give thanks for those shepherds in our midst as well, but we also recognize that all of us are called to respond, that we're called to go out into the world and to lead others to the Good Shepherd. Now, granted, I'm the only one in the congregation with a crook to lead. Huh? I didn't say I was a crook. I said I have a crook. Huh? <laughs> but it's that way, though, all of us are called to lead others to Jesus, the Good Shepherd, to share those stories about how Jesus has shown to us the way for going forward to that eternal pasture. We give thanks this day for the shepherds in our midst. We give thanks for that great gift of his very life that Jesus, the Good Shepherd, offered to us, and we pledge ourselves, strengthened by the Eucharist, strengthened by the sacraments of the Church, to go forward drawing other people to that love and to the voice of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. During one of my summer assignments back in North Dakota, I would visit a man named Arnie. Arnie was dying of pancreatic cancer. He was currently undergoing hospice care and living in his townhome. And it was my job, my duty, to bring him the Eucharist on a daily basis. And of course, with any visit, you can't simply bring the Eucharist and leave. You stay and you visit and talk with Arnie for a while. So we got to know each other pretty well over the course of a month when I would sit and I would visit with him. Of course, his illness progressed, his pain increased, and eventually for my visits he would simply be unconscious. So I would pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet near him, and then eventually I got the phone call that Arnie passed away. Now what always struck me about Arnie was his fearlessness in the face of death. He was a man of deep hope. He was in severe pain. He knew he was dying, yet he laid his hope in Jesus. And there was a sense of calmness around him while he was dying. I remember one particular instance, he invited his sons to come home and visit him. So they threw a big barbecue, and there Arnie was behind the grill with a spatula, despite being ill, flipping burgers, because he still wanted to participate, partake with his family. For me, that was one of my first experiences being near death. I've had grandparents or uncles or aunts that have passed away, but I've never been visiting someone on a daily basis as they approached death. 
And like I said, Arnie had this great perseverance, this hope in the end. And that's something we hear about in our second reading today from the book of Revelation. We hear about a great multitude of people who had washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The one who sits on the throne will shelter them. They will not hunger or thirst anymore, nor will the sun or any heat strike them. For the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This passage describes people who are victorious at the time of their death, who have been hopeful and trusting in Jesus in the midst of their suffering and pain. And when I think of people like this, I think of Arnie, who placed his trust and hope in the Lord, hoping that the Lord will wipe away every tear from his eyes, hoping that the Lord will protect him from the sun and the heat, and that the Lord will shepherd him through death to new life. For us, where do we place our hope? Especially in the midst of suffering, be it great suffering or small suffering, where do we put our hope and our trust? So much of the culture today wants to, instead of hoping, instead to numb this suffering in this desire. And you can see it all over. Sometimes it's in video games, TV, alcohol, social media, instead of taking that time to be in prayer and relationship with the Lord. Social media will not grant me eternal life. We don't read that in the scriptures. Television or alcohol will not grant me eternal life. They do not lead me to springs of life-giving water. We know that it is Jesus alone who gives us strength to persevere in the time of great distress. In this weekend's gospel, we hear about the good shepherd. And who are the shepherd's sheep? Jesus says his sheep are the ones who hear his voice and follow him. We ourselves, myself included, need to always listen for the voice of the Lord. And we do that through prayer. In particularly, we can pray for perseverance, for the virtue of hope in our lives. We can hope that we can one day be of that great multitude envisioned by John in the book of Revelation, where there's too many to count, all being rescued, all being shepherded by the Lord. Our hope is in the resurrection. Jesus is risen from the dead the first to be raised from the dead, and through Jesus' grace and mercy, we too can be raised from the dead. Jesus is where we place our hope. I still often think of Arnie. In many ways, it's fitting. The day of his death was, I believe, the second year anniversary. The second year anniversary of his death was actually the day I was ordained a deacon. So in many ways, I think he's still praying for me, even after death. I keep him in my own prayers still, and I see him as a model of hope in my life. 
Let's take a moment to pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, you have given us life and freedom. You have raised your son Jesus from the dead. Let his resurrection be the message we proclaim to the world. Let it be a message of hope. Jesus says that no one can take his sheep from his hand. Give us hope in the Lord Jesus risen from the dead. Give us hope in Jesus victorious over sin and death. Amen.